Welcome to Series 2 of the GM Moving Podcast, where we share with you how we're enabling people to get moving. I'm Eve, Strategic Director at Greater Sport, leading, supporting and connecting GM Moving, Greater Manchester's Movement for Movement. Supported by investment from Sport England, Greater Manchester Partners have been taking a whole system, place-based approach to embed physical activity into everything for happier, healthier, more connected communities and active lives for all. In each episode, we share stories of what this looks like in action in each of the 10 boroughs of Greater Manchester. In today's episode, I'm in Manchester Central Library, speaking with Chris Essex-Crosby from Wigan and Nicole, one of my greater sport colleagues in the Central GM local pilot team, supporting work across the whole of GM. The latest Active Lives data suggests that over 70% of adults in Wigan are physically active for 30 minutes a week or more. Activity levels in Wigan were hard hit by the COVID pandemic, but are now showing faster signs of recovery than other places regionally or nationally. There is a lot still to be done, however, to enable active lives for all, with 45 to 50% of people with a long-term health condition or disability, or those aged 75 plus, moving for less than 30 minutes a week. In today's conversation, you'll hear how partners are working and learning together to close these gaps. I start off by asking Chris how he likes to get moving. I've always been interested in athletics um, from a very young age, uh, probably more on the, the performance side. Yeah, running's always been uh, my sport. Um, I'm getting on a bit now, so having to pick up other activities like uh, golf and cycling that perhaps don't have as much uh, impact on the joints. But I've always found that it's useful just to switch off. Uh, you know, I see lots of people out running with you know headphones on, listening to music, but I like to go out and run. Nothing, no sound, no distractions. Uh, and recently I was up in the Lake District and ran for about six miles up down the Langdale Valley and turned around and ran back. Absolutely pouring with rain. And I only saw two people. It was brilliant. It's one of the best runs I've ever done. Yeah. So where's where's a daily run go? Where would you go in a normal uh, I live just outside uh, Wigan and up onto Rivington Pike. Mm. And uh, Winter Hill is, is one of my favourite uh, places to go and uh, Go and get some fresh air and uh, just get off the beaten track a little bit as well. I've got happy childhood memories flying kites up there, except one of them came down and, and knocked me on the head. <laughs> Literally, right between the eyes. It was quite impressive, to be honest. Yeah, very popular part, especially after COVID as well. I think, in fact, during COVID, a lot of people headed there. Um, so I like to try and get perhaps a little bit further afield now than the, uh, than the main tracks, just to... Uh, keep that uh, peace and tranquility that I quite like you know I've quite often been known to not say have a bad day but you know get to something that you're sort of stuck with or whatever and think you know what go for a run for 20 minutes come back scribble some quick notes down just in case I forget it while I'm having the shower and something to eat and then uh, and then get back to whatever it was I was doing and uh, and, and start fresh really so true isn't it yeah. for me it's my bike and it's like somehow turning my legs on the bike and the cogs start wearing in my head and the things that I was stuck on all suddenly make sense it's amazing so that's that's you. <laughs> and in terms of your work and your role, yeah. so what does that look like? 
Um, so I've worked um, in Wigan for probably about uh, 15, coming up 20 years maybe now. At least track time. Um, something like that, yeah. Wigan's a funny place in that there's lots of people come from, from outside Wigan and once you get in, you can never get back out. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you could have to qualify what a funny place it is. <laughs> you know, it, it's a really good, um, really good place to work, some really nice people to work with, some great organisations and things like that. Uh, my role specifically um, has always been around sort of community engagement, specifically from a sort of sport and physical activity perspective. And as part of that, two main um, elements. One, picking up the, the local pilot programme. Uh, and I also pick up the holiday activity and food programme delivery as well. The sort of crossover between both of those is that my remit is around making sure that those people who wouldn't traditionally access sport or physical activity uh, are given that. So it's understanding and and breaking down those barriers to, to help them to do that. Great. And within the context of the, the local pilot, I know we want to drop pilot, but for the sake of this conversation, we're talking about the local pilot and the learning from that. What's been a particular focus within Wigan? Uh, no, Wigan's um, taken the view that all three audiences are, uh, are where we would like to have a look at. So in terms of anyone listening who doesn't know what those three audiences are, can you just tell us? Uh, young people, those uh, who are either unemployed or at risk of unemployment, um, and then finally those on long-term uh, or with long-term health conditions. Uh, we also have a little bit of a, I suppose, an overarching uh, family approach as well. So, you know, some might argue that perhaps anybody in Wigan falls into one of those categories somewhere, <laughs> um, which which doesn't necessarily help. Well, that's a good segue into challenges. Yeah. But maybe we should start with what's good. What's good? Yeah, <laughs> Let's no. start with the good. I mean, have you got any particular kind of stories where it's brought you real joy or things you've seen? on this journey I'd like to focus on the successes anyway I've always been a glass half full type person so that's always a good place to start like you say I think for me we got a couple of early wins early hits in Wigan has always sort of had this deal approach it's been around for about 10 years um, now the asset based um, stuff and working with organisations and while we've we've struggled because we've not necessarily had the, the voluntary sector overarching CVS that, that some of the other areas have had we've always had a very strong voluntary sector as well so we were able through that sort of deal approach to make some some early quick wins and uh, uh, one in particular uh, working with Groundwork um, their Roots to Wellbeing programme it's uh, an employability um, scheme uh, they employed uh, a gentleman uh, Neil Rimmer ex you know, professional footballer who wanted to give something back to the local community and he came in sat almost in in those employability schemes so they'd be discussing you know cv building interview techniques and uh, and if neil sort of spotted that perhaps there was a bit of a lull in the conversation he'd put his hand up and say right let's stop let's all go out for a walk and uh, uh, and see where we get to and then, and then we'll come back and the employability tutors were, were open to that and uh, allowed him to do that and uh, there were times he'd grab a bag of um, sports equipment and uh, you know he'd take them all onto the local park and they'd be playing tennis and all sorts of things so off the back of that he, he would then talk to, to those um, clients on those courses signposting them into cycling and walking opportunities that um, we were able to connect them in um, to a, a, a group called Gearing Up we have in Wigan that recycle bikes and, and, and get them some support as well to get them back on, on the bike so whilst they didn't necessarily get the employment outcomes that obviously you know groundwork had to, to, to look at and we're working with the DWP for the benefits uh, from a health and, and, and wellbeing point of view for those individuals was, was noticeable and, and helped improve their confidence no end in terms of where they go next. And you see the ripple effects, don't you? Of I think lots of those sort of partners working together in the place. 
So I saw fantastic pictures and videos over the weekend. 1,100 people out on bikes at Three Sisters. Oh, yes, there were, know. yeah. I mean, the, the, the cycling and, and walking in, in Wigan has gone. It's just taken off, really. Uh, I think that was the largest numbers we've had. We, we've run that event now for a number of years. It's on a you know a, a racetrack that is closed. Great to see all the kids down there. Uh, everything from, from balanced bikes to those who perhaps want to, to have a you know, set a time and do a, a time trial around the track as well, um, bike maintenance alongside it and, and lots of other stuff to go with it. So uh, we were successful in getting some of the uh, the funding through uh, the B Network for our infrastructure developments. I think we're getting on towards about 20 million, could be slightly wrong there, but uh, uh, for some for some great infrastructure. But it came with an activation manager uh, or a, uh, some resource to, to support an activation manager. Um, so whilst it was outside directly, I suppose the local pilot in Wigan, um, the connections that we were able to make, um, the, the cycling and the, the planning um, contacts we had on our local pilot um, steering group at the time, uh, we were able to use some of the learning and, and share that across. So we've got an activation manager in post now. Our walking and cycling programs, I say, have always been pretty strong, um, but they've they've gone uh, up even further. I know a lot of the other localities have kind of looked on, really curious about your the activation role you've got there um, and the difference that that is making, and that sort of spreading of, of learning really across localities about what works and what doesn't work, and that test and test and learn is the mm-hmm. whole sort of the premise, isn't it, of the local pilot? You know, it's a really really important part of the local pilot, and you know we've we've got a whole comprehensive evaluation. Each of the 10 boroughs has an embedded researcher. Um, so, yeah, a lot of the, the kind of learning that's come out has been shared across through things like, you know, the podcast. We also have process evaluation that kind of comes out every six months and we try and distill those learnings down into bite-sized pieces and then distribute them throughout the 10 boroughs. We try and create a bit of a community of learning through, um, we, we have a monthly meeting called the Local Pilot Forums. We've, over the years, tried to create it as a space that's, you know, somewhere that you can come not only talk about your successes but also your challenges and you know some of this work is quite challenging and it can feel like um, wading through treacle at times. So I'm also involved with the holiday activity and food program and they, they have their cluster meetings as well and some of the same faces are on those meetings that are on the, the local pilot meetings but actually the way those meetings um, engage in the conversations we have and the shared learning some of that has come from the conversations we've had at local pilot the, the local pilot certainly helped us all to get closer uh, and has brought different people into those conversations as well not just the traditional ones so we know learning often comes from what doesn't work from the failures which is why it's been so important to create that space that you describe for safe and honest conversations around what is hard what's challenging what's not working so go on then we've done the good stuff what's been really hard the challenges then um yeah so how long have you got um no i was having this conversation with my line manager the other week i had my you know annual appraisal as you do and uh, obviously there was a question on there about challenges and i sort of said there aren't really challenges it's more frustrations i think (laughs) everything is you know is there to be broken down I've always looked to try and break down barriers in everything that I've done and, and what have you okay so might you know take a little bit longer and uh, it'll be a bit harder to break down than others there's always a solution somewhere so for me it's the frustrations in that 
Wigan was in a good place. We had the deal. We had all the you know the networks. The, mm-hmm. the, the we had the steering group. Everything was there. We mm-hmm. we had a couple of really good um, starting points. We used to well been as I've mentioned. Uh, rebooted who were you know redistributing um, kit to, to to people who who couldn't necessarily afford it to get them go. You know when they were helping out the homeless and refugees and, and you name it, they were doing all that some great stuff as well. And I think maybe we thought it was going to be easy that we were you know quite a large pot of money there's lots of people around the table we're going to do some really great stuff and we're going to crack on and, and brilliant and, and obviously you know don't like to mention the covid word and use that as an excuse but what we were able to do off the back of that was then to, to reevaluate where we were so uh, previous to uh, to covid um my role sat within a leisure trust in wigan and then as a result of covid we came back in in house and actually the last 12 months have been been really good we've made some fantastic connections internally that perhaps you know we we, we were trying to make beforehand became a little easier being being on the inside and we were able to get a bit more access to, to some of those senior leaders who were able to unblock some of those uh, those conversations for us. Uh, one of the projects um, we agreed on about six, seven months ago, um, and I remember the final conversation at the steering group, whatever happens, we must make sure that we get on with this and we get cracking and, and, and what have you. And, you know, we can't let time be you know the reason for, for this not happening and, and what have you. And six months later, we finally got the person in post <laughs> to, uh, if I went to Meta for her induction this week. So, um, which is great that she's now there and we can move on. But it, it was just a little bit frustrating that, you know, everyone talks this good game. We need to get on with this. We need to get cracking. But it's taken six months. And no one's fault. Yeah, it's it just, just the reality. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Of course, it is of the system. And there's so many different people in there that you want to get opinions mm-hmm. of and, and, and what have you. And obviously, then recruitment, isn't there? And all the things that go with that that take time. I suppose that just just highlights some of the frustrations. I suppose we have rather than the, the challenges. Well. There's something about pace. Who yeah. sets the pace? Yes. Prior to the local pilot work coming on, I said, I suppose you know at that stage I was a little bit more at the the grassroots coalface level. And um, one of the, the conversations I remember having in a community safety meeting once, I was sat next to the borough commander for the fire service, and he jokingly said, "Oh, he said we could put climbing walls up our, our training towers in the uh, in the yards here, and, and you could have a youth club running here." And I said, oh, yeah, great idea, that. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Steve. I'll, uh, you know. And then I went away and we, we came back together three months later. And I said, uh, Steve, you know, you mentioned those climbing toes. I said, uh, I said, I've had a word with Sport England. I've bid for some money and I've got £300,000. We're going to start some. Year. And he went, oh, um, oh, what about the health and safety? I said, don't worry, don't worry about that. I said, I've got the money. We can do it now. And it, it was things like that where. I suppose probably I was on the ground it was a lot easier to, to do stuff when you're there isn't it you can go and just make things happen and yeah frustrations I think are, uh, uh, hopefully we're in a good place now to, uh, to move forward now that the person's in place And like you said the conditions in Wigan in many ways there's a kind of maturity in the system and a ripeness I suppose in terms of really thinking about involving local people growing local assets changing governance and processes so that you really are sharing the flow of resources and power to people in communities because that's kind of at the heart of, of the deal isn't it and its approach. So how was that translated in the local pilot and in terms of your, well, another work, I suppose, that you've been doing sort of alongside us and, and getting funding to where it's absolutely needed and at pace? 
So there's, there's three um, areas. Firstly, we tried initially with local pilot to seek applications from the local community. Uh, previously in Wigan, probably about the last six, seven years, uh, prior to local pilot, we'd had a community investment fund, um, which gave you know, a million, two million pounds a year to, to local groups. And we used their application process to try and get some of this local pilot money out. Um, some of the applications that were coming in weren't necessarily the right right ones that we were looking at we we realized that we needed to have a lot more conversation and discussion with these people and um great that we had some new people come forward but it was then just raising their understanding of what we were trying to do so we got the paperwork in place the legal stuff and we, we had a system that was perhaps a little bit quicker than the community investment fund wasn't the two um, stages mm-hmm. process so we've, we've obviously gone back now to the old, well, not the old way of working, but the, um, the sort of getting out there into the community, talking to those assets um, and understanding what they wanted to do before then saying, right, we'll come to us and ask for some some funding. During COVID, uh, tackling inequalities fund uh, money was, was on offer. And one of the things in Wigan we said was, we've got our seven service delivery footprints or, or community areas, neighbourhood areas, as other um, boroughs might call them. And we were like, well, if we give a little pot of money from the big pot to each of these seven areas, they know who they're working with. They can go out and distribute this fund and uh, and that'd be great. And and in a couple of areas that worked really well. The money was given, a couple of thousand pounds was given to a few groups within you know, a matter of days, weeks. Uh, and they, they cracked on with some delivery. Um, but actually, there was still a reasonably large part left, whether it was a, a timing thing, capacity thing at, at those local levels. Um, that didn't quite work. So what's happened is that's come back into Wigan's local pilot and, and specifically to myself to then go and have a few conversations. Um, I've, I've just had some, some emails today that finally that, that money has, has now been allocated and um, you know some of it is for that COVID recovery and, and perhaps is a little bit late given where we are now and, and having come back out. I mentioned previously before as well, coming back into Wigan Council as well, whilst it's been been really good from a conversation point of view, has just thrown a couple of sort of delays into a few things as well and, and connections into a few things just because we were sorting out all the, you know, the uh, the HR and the, the finance and, the, and all that sort of stuff that comes with it. We've got the processes in place now. We are able to do it and our community investment fund uh, continues to, to run in Wigan Council and our holiday activity and food programme. Uh, we distribute money to about 50 to 60 providers in the borough and we're able to do that within uh, a couple of weeks of, of one holiday finishing so they know what they're getting for the uh, for the next holiday. Common challenge in all this is then how you measure success mm-hmm. and the metrics and how we, we can talk about feeding the beast. You know, often get those different funding comes and there's always criteria um, and often it can feel like very tick box and doesn't necessarily marry with the approach that you're taking there. So how are you measuring kind of success on all these projects and have you seen some sort of progress really in, in thinking differently about what success looks like? I think uh, when we talk to the, the community groups and some of our other providers, you know, you have that conversation with them about, I've got this pot of money that I think, you know, that really fits that project and uh, and their first reaction is, so right, what, are, what hoops do I have to jump through to, to get the money in? <laughs> And then the second one is, well, once we've got the money, you know, what, what reporting do we have to do? But, and, and when you sit there and you say, well, you know what, I'm not, I'm not really that bothered about numbers. They sort of mm. pause. And and, um, and I think they think you know, we're, we're sort of taking the mickey a little bit. No, 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 it's genuine. And, and I suppose sometimes as well you throw in, it doesn't necessarily have to be sport as well. If it's, a, if it's a knitting group and someone actually gets off their couch and makes their way to that venue to do some knitting, that also counts as physical activity. And they, 
well, a sports England change its name to just England. You know, it's that sort of that sort of conversation that, that you end up having for a few minutes. Yeah, no, for me, it's, it's welcome. We, you know, obviously, we do still keep an eye on the numbers and uh, and what have you. And we we have invested in in Data Hub uh, in Wigan, which is for Global's sort of package where we try and bring all of the data together from all of our providers uh, around physical activity and, and obviously look at patterns and then look to try and explain those patterns. We know that, you know, just because someone's maybe using one of our gyms, it doesn't mean to say they're not walking as well and something else or are taking part in a football session with Wigan Athletic or rugby yeah. with, you know, Wigan Warriors or something like that. So we're, we're looking at, um, at those patterns. When we talk about the local pilot giving us, you know, space to do things differently, I think that really does kind of link into what you're saying and, you know, almost that suspicion, not just from, you know, local you know, residents, but also the partners that we work with. You know, we're looking at what actual difference is it making to them, putting these, these things on, what barriers is it helping, you know, communities and, and people to overcome but it doesn't necessarily mean that we don't care about the numbers and the data as well you know it all it all has a part to play to tell the story the story of what's happening in a specific neighborhood to a specific person within the evaluation that I, I touched on before we have an opportunity for each locality to do a deep dive within a particular area so the embedded researcher will kind of really dig into what's what's happened what what has um, contributed to that success or that challenge and kind of really pick into the the nitty-gritty of it so that's another way that we can really demonstrate the the successes that we're, we're seeing as well and be able to tell that that story and give it that that real context so having experience as having that space and time for that reflection kind of almost make the invisible more visible in the storytelling and, and recognize what's happened and why and what those indicators so what does the future look like and what will be the key indicators of progress you'll be looking for okay so we've got so one member of staff i've already alluded to who started this week with groundwork looking at uh, community health building and we also invested in a, a youth uh, hub in Lee. More specifically, from a local pilot point of view, we've invested in a partnership manager um, to explore how that youth hub now looks. Um, we're lucky enough to have Wigan Youth Zone, a uh, massive facility in Wigan Town Centre. Uh, but for those who know Wigan, will know that people from the uh, <laughs> Lee side won't necessarily travel across to Wigan and, and, and want um, something similar. It is on um, Lee Sports Village uh, site. On that site, we've got a sports centre, we've got a college, we've got a number of sports clubs. Um, there's a stadium. Within the stadium, you've got Manchester United ladies, you've got Lee Centurions playing out of there. Um, adjacent to it, uh, we've got Pennington Flash Country Park. So there's a whole host of opportunities there. And then you don't have to go too much further into to Lee Town Centre using um, some of the, the, the network of footpaths and cycle paths. A whole host of, of cultural and, and other um, opportunities out there as well. So I suppose from, from that point of view, with the, the youth hub stuff, um, it's looking at a new model of how our youth work programme would work. Um, I mean, youth work across the country has been obliterated, hasn't it, in the last 10 years. Um, so it's, it's what does that look like and, and where can those young people go? And then from a community health building point of view, so again, uh, recruited someone new this week. Her remit is to look particularly at where the voluntary sector fits into that community link worker process really uh, we're very strong on investing in our community link workers in the borough uh, our staff are very well trained up through the deal and, and, and more recently through some local pilot stuff to, to have those different asset based conversations but it's just making sure now that the voluntary sector can receive those referrals as and when they when they come through and as part of that work we've connected into um, the, uh, the pivot to wellness that's sort of being talked about nationally 
Howbridge Leisure Centre is one area we're looking at. We have um, four disused squash courts uh, and some other space within the building, as well as then a reasonable amount of, of green space surrounding it that can be used. There's a little bit of capital money in the area for us to make some changes to that. And we've got uh, a number of those partners around the table, including uh, you know our community link workers and GPs and, and what have you, asking us for what well, we need to have a sink and we need to have a, a bed in, in the corner of the room if we're going to do consultations. But for the time being, what we can do is we can have our community link workers there doing a drop-in session one day a week. What we now need to do, and, and using our community health building investment, is make sure that then the voluntary sector groups are in there at the same time. So if we've got a diabetes clinic in or a musculoskeletal um, you know, group in or whatever, that, that musculoskeletal group can be shown you know, the swimming pool when there's water-based aerobics on, perhaps. And off the back of that, they might go, well, actually, I thought that was all for people who were over 80 and female. And actually, no, it's not because there's lots of other people in there. I, I will go and give that a go. Well, here you go. Here's a free voucher. Go and, go and try that. So for for us, that's the two areas that we're, we're looking at. Uh, we still have a little bit of money left over, if anyone does have any bright ideas out there. Uh, <laughs> there you go. But, uh, Need uh, your contact details. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, for us, um, now we've got two people in posting those two specific projects, uh, I would like to hope that some of those timescale frustrations and what have you will... Uh, certainly, certainly won't be mine anymore. They'll be passed on to somebody else, I would think. But uh, but we we can get things moving and uh, yeah, have a another good conversation like this maybe in a you know twelve months time and see where we're at. Great. Well, talking about getting moving, I know you've got a train to catch, I have, yeah. <laughs> and I know you're good at running and you're fast, but I don't want to push you too much. So um, I think we'll call it a day. But it's been a pleasure, Chris. Thank you. Excellent. Really no, good thanks very much. So thank you. Thanks, Nicole. As well. And um, enjoy some headspace. Uh, I will do. Yes. All good. Thanks very much. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this GM Moving podcast episode. We've heard how moving matters to everybody and how we can all play a role to design moving back into everyday life. Now, we'd love to hear how you keep moving and the ways you are supporting others to live an active life. You can contact us on our socials or on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Greater Sport and don't forget the hashtag GM Moving in Action. Please do share this episode with people and organisations who will find it useful. And join the movement for movement. A big thank you to everyone who's investing in this work and playing their part to test, to learn and to make this happen. This series is a Mike Media production.